If you're 40 and over and you're wondering, how should I exercise? When should I exercise? This episode is for you. My name is Dr. Emily Kybird. I am a chiropractor, also a movement expert who helps women with Hashimoto's learn how to work out without the burnout. Today, I have on a dear friend, Deborah Atkinson. She is the hormone balancing exercise coach. She's been at it for 39 years. You can find her on social at Flipping50. And she shares a very cool event that is going on right now for probably the next 10 days. And it is an online summit called The What, The When, and The Why to Exercise for Women Over 40. And yours truly is a speaker in that summit along with 38 other experts. And some of these experts are people who are never on social media. They are in the labs, they are doing the work, they're doing the research so that we can better serve these women, including yourself, including myself over 40, to work out smarter and not necessarily harder. Deborah Atkinson of Flipping 50, welcome back to Thyroid Strong. You've actually been on this podcast before when it was muscle medicine, so welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Yeah. So you work with women who are menopausal, post-menopause. A lot of them are struggling with difficulty losing weight. Their hormones are all crazy. And they're like, why am I feeling this way? <laughs> who is this person? What is one of the biggest mistakes you find women in that phase of life, especially around weight loss? What's one of the biggest mistakes? Oh gosh. Isolate it to one. Okay. Well, <laughs> but the first one I think is they think they've got to burn it off. So lots of cardio It's going to take lots of cardio. Cause that's what I got to be doing. I got to be burning calories. I got to be burning fat and God, I'm so afraid somebody tunes in. They're going to hear that. That's the advice. It is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know when we were told like lose weight equals put your running shoes on and go for a run. I know I did that like all, all of college, which I, I know is a different phase of life. Yeah. Was like spent on the elliptical or the stairmaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. And yeah. in its uh, you know, the eighties, that was the whole thing. It's like you gotta get the burn, you gotta get the aerobics, you gotta do this. And and it still lingers. Somebody yesterday was quote unquote, not arguing, but not willing to accept this discussion about the importance of muscle. And she said, Your heart is the most important muscle. And I said, I don't disagree. However, it doesn't need all of the nurturing all of the time that we thought it once did. Yeah. And you're like, well, your heart might be healthy, but how's your energy levels? <laughs> right. right. Body composition. How's that? Yeah. yeah. So what should, we, what should women be doing instead, right? If we've been kind of trained to put the shoes on and do the cardio, what's a better way? Oh, we got to flip it. We got to have a higher percentage of strength in our exercise routine. So whatever that means for, for a woman who's starting to think this way, that might mean if you're moving seven days a week and most women feel like they have to do something every day and they're doing something that's virtuous, but I got to tell you, there's no Girl Scout badge coming for that one, ladies. And you exchange, you know, two or three days of that cardio for strength training. So we've got a higher percentage of strength and every decade after 50, I would say the percentage of your strength pr 
prioritizing that at least needs to go up, not down. Yeah. Because what, what is the age that we start losing muscle mass that sarcopenia starts to hit it? 30. I mean, right. I mean, so now it's, that's devastating when you're 65, we start accelerating that loss. That's already happened three to eight, three to 8% of our total, right. Every decade. And for women who are not eating enough protein and not strength training or exercising at all, it's probably more than that. Yeah. So we do math. I was terrible at it, but if you do math, by the time you're 60, even I can figure out that's a lot of loss. Your metabolism is suffering and you don't have energy. And then, then ladies, this is how you get your husband on board with you exercising. You also have no libido. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. There's another concern around menopause and post-menopause, which is bone density. Yeah. And I think a lot of people default to walking or swimming. And I'm like, that's not going to help your bone density. (laughs) There's such a better, more efficient way. (laughs) This is true. All right. But I have to tell you this. So I'm like 39 years into this, four decades. And I kind of got a wake up call. A couple of months ago, I interviewed a researcher on yoga. And there is proof that 12 yoga poses done in 12 minutes, literally increased bone density and not just like you start and then you have a little bump up, but every year for 10 years following these people, they continue to increase bone density. So here's how I frame that. However, it's on a continuum. So is yoga going to be producing bone density to the same effect that jumping rope is or that lifting weights is, I don't think so. I think it's okay. Yes. Do that. And do that on the days you're not strength training. Cause you can't do that every day on the days you don't want to do high impact, high intensity, cause that would be stressful if you did it too much, you know, but do it on these days. Now we at least have a good span we can do something every day and feel like bones are getting benefit. Yeah. I also think it's what's the most bang for your buck in terms of your time and your energy. If you're feeling fatigued or you're feeling, you know, not motivated to work out, would you get more bang for your buck with lifting a weight? Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. On your off days, you could do those 12 Mm -hmm. yoga poses. What does a weekly training program look like? Cause I know a lot of women are like, I got to get in my rest days and I got to get in my cardio days. And I'm like, do we need to get in our cardio days? And I have women ask, does my rest day mean like totally rest? We have to get off the couch and get some steps. What does that look like for for you? So what we call the after 50 fitness formula for women is generally built on. And of course this is a blueprint. So anybody listening has to say, okay, co-collaborate with us here. Cause it's, it's not a one size fits all. But two strength training sessions a week is really, I'm an advocate of that because because of the need for recovery and the fact that so many women don't do it. They think, oh, weight training is it. Weight training is the answer. I'm going to do that every day. No, no, no. Listen up here. (laughs) So we need intensity during our strength training more than ever, but we also need recovery during strength training more than ever. 
The two of them together are the best partnership for getting the lean muscle and the benefit that you want. So I like two strength training sessions a week and I like two or one to three, but two is a sweet spot for high intensity exercise. So can't do high impact. That doesn't mean the same thing as high intensity. We want you to get breathless. You need to work that cardiovascular system. So that's where your cardio comes in, but it's not that moderate exercise that we taught you, you know, take your heart rate, be sure you're in your zone, you know, in the eighties that died in 1980, wants it back. And it's more about, can you get breathless just for a few seconds or a few minutes every day and put some rest in between fully recovered so you can go full out it's all you need really to get a better vo2 max right so you and i talking lab terms we get that but that means your cardiovascular system is actually getting a better workout than doing that moderate exercise it's been proven yeah how about rest days yeah so i'm with you with you on rest days. Rest days means you're just not doing strength or you're just not doing that high intensity interval training. But I think every day across the board, we should be walking and we should think about that, like brushing our teeth. You wouldn't not do that. We just need to walk because we sit so much. I mean, you and I are both sitting right now. And this is the start of my day where there will be a lot of sitting. I know there is that myth that, oh, you must exercise all day. And I'm like, well, no, No, back in the day I did, but any longer, we all are in front of computer screens and we have to offset that 50, hundred years ago when everybody had chores and they had to walk to town, there were no gyms and gosh, there were no need for gyms because we, we didn't have the same obesity problem we have now. Yeah. For the women who've been told pause, postmenopausal, just move more, eat less. And you'll lose some weight. Have you found that to work? (laughs) (laughs) I found that to backfire. Women are more and more exhausted, more and more cranky, less and less likely to want sex. I mean, seriously, nothing gets better when you do that. I mean, it, it comes right down to Jonathan Baylor. I first heard him say this, and it was just like, this is such a great way to state it, that, uh, you feed your body less you're telling it to burn less fuel. You're going to slow your metabolism because everything from your brain to your body says conserve energy. So it's going to tell you, you want to lie on the couch that you don't have any energy. It's going to tell you you're more tired. And even when you do activity, it's going to burn fewer calories because you're not giving it any fuel to go on. You would never do that to your car. But when you eat more and we have to qualify, we're not talking chocolate cake, we're talking of the good stuff, but you should not be craving that chocolate cake because you're eating enough protein, you're getting your fill, you're having fiber, you're eating healthy fat, you have flavorful food, you're not, you're not dieting or eating packaged and processed foods, the real deal. But when you eat the right food, They've been proven you can eat up to 300 calories more a day and not gain weight simply because it's more efficient and effective and it goes to the use of your body and your brain, your muscle and your bone are all a part of that. They are benefactors. So you will burn more if you're eating more. I think there's this, these kind of two conflicting uh, arguments. And one is kind of the camp of it's like calories in calories out. You have to be in a caloric deficit 
Mm-hmm. And then the other camp is like, oh, hormones is affecting weight gain. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I believe there's an element of both, right? Because there's definitely women who are thinking, oh, it's my hormones, but they're eating not nutrient dense foods. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, such good stuff. And part of, I've actually borrowed from some of your content. So I know we we are married here. So we have a great um, synergy in terms of thought processes, but I think it's tricky. Like if you're a beginner, there's some philosophy that you can, with a caloric deficit, you can be strength training. As long as you get adequate protein, that's still going to be the key because that's the building block to muscle. You can gain strength and you can gain lean muscle mass. While you're doing that, you could lose weight. But if you've been exercising for a long period of time, like as long as I have, as long as you have, we, if we're going to gain muscle, probably need a caloric surplus and I know a lot of women just panicked and they're going to do that and say, well, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try to cheat the system. I know it. I know women are thinking, well, not me. I'm not going to do that. You don't know me. I'm special. And we all think that we are, but it's a matter of putting their food in at the right time surrounding your exercise. It's not just eating a free for all all day or any kinds of food anytime, but having the right things, kind of bookending your workout so that you're putting protein in, you're replenishing with protein and some quality carbs as well. We need those for gaining muscle. So I think it's really important to realize you also want to go through cycles. And I think women don't do this like athletes do periodization where let's have a 12 week cycle where we're really focused on let's build muscle here. And on the next 12 weeks, Maybe we're, we're not wanting to lose the muscle for sure, but we maintain that and we do a different kind of programming, not quite so heavy so that we don't risk injury. And then we can come back and we can do it again. And I think that cycle keeps us from getting too burnout, too tired, because it's not going to be up, 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 up. We're going to go up and we need to kind of cruise for a little bit. And then we can go up again and we need to cruise and not get injured because that's three little words that most women will say is don't hurt me when they start an exercise program. We have to remember, yeah, let's do this. Let's do it sensibly. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So what's the big picture look like? Yeah. 100%. So some of the things we talked about around weight loss is resistance training, hitting your protein. If you were going to give women two other actionable steps that they Mm -hmm. could start to implement, what would they be? Change the time of day that you exercise. Really think about that. Um, This one bothers me and it's been a hangover since the eighties, we started asking this. And I thought then, I thought it was really intelligent, but I think we know, and particularly for women in midlife, this changes. And the question used to be, what's the best time to exercise? And the answer used to be, anytime you'll do it. Well, in college, People used to do it at 10 p.m. They'd go to the rec center and run circles for, and I can't tell you how I know that because I'd have to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we can't do that anymore. Number one, none of us would think about doing it because I've already in bed for two hours by that point. But it's also, you know, that's going to wreak havoc with our hormones. So it all comes back to hormones. You have to remember what worked or you think worked when you were 20 or 30 we got away with, it didn't necessarily work, but we got away with it because we had more bandwidth. Well, now we don't. So changing the timing and we use a 
a little alliteration. We say intense early and light late. So if the day gets late, try not to pay yourself back for a workout that you couldn't get in in the morning because you had a meeting. Try to, I'm going to go for a walk or do yoga today or this afternoon, tonight, and I'll get that strength training workout in this week, just not tonight, not hit late in the day, because that can really offset the hormones that help you get a deep night's sleep. And that's the second thing. Point all choices toward making sure you get good sleep. So while sleep is something that will benefit your strength training or any other result you're going to get, we can also say, let's make all your food choices and all your exercise choices support your sleep. And timing your exercise is one of them. The type of exercise, just 10 minutes of exercise, self-selected intensity gets 33% better, just self-reports of my sleep quality went up. That's a pretty good ROI. So just get that exercise. If it's outdoors, better yet. If you're doing something more intense, do you have a certain cutoff time for yourself <laughs> or for the women you work with? That's such a tough question. I, I do. Know. I get that question a lot, but I would say early afternoon, you know, like if you haven't done it before lunch, I would quit it because by then your cortisol is starting to come down. Cortisol is the energy. We give it a bad rap. It's the stress hormone, but it's also the energy hormone. And so in the morning, it's already high. Work with it. Use it for fuel. But when you try to do it later in the afternoon, you don't have it, but your body can convert things to cortisol. And unfortunately, it robs from things that will give you a high quality sleep night. And you need that more than anything. So yeah, I would say early afternoon for most people um, is probably the latest I would go with a really high intensity workout. I do think sometimes you can push the envelope on strength training. It's because we're not revving up and keeping it up. We get a stress, we rest between sets. It's not quite as devastating. Yeah. So those are great tips. And you have an online event coming up where you have how many experts in it now? 39. Well, I'm oh. counting myself. I actually did an interview with myself. So a little comedy <laughs> in there too. Yeah. These experts are giving their, their wealth of knowledge as well. What were some of the biggest surprises for you? Uh, you've been in this for a long time. So maybe there weren't any surprises, but with 39 yeah. years of experience, yeah. were there any surprises interviewing these 39 experts? There were a lot of surprises. Well, you know, and you dropped a bomb. So you said, you know, everybody doesn't need 15 repetitions. right? <laughs> so, and, you know, I think that, uh, huh, you know, that'll be an aha moment for a lot of women, for a lot of trainers and health coaches who will also attend, that'll be an aha moment. Um, you know, we talked about yoga earlier. That yeah. was enough. honestly, and I, I got on and I said, look, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here because I would be a reluctant adopter to say, do yoga. That's going to increase your bone density. I said, I'm going to struggle with that one. And I said, and then of those 12 poses, you threw in corpse pose. Talk to me about that. You know, But he did. He had an answer for everything. And he is not to be condescending, but he is adorable, delightful, and you will love that interview. Um, the other one I think was, you know, I get a lot of women who are weight loss resistant. And at some point, if I'm working with them privately, 
And we are at a loss because they're doing all the things. They have made all the changes. And then potentially we've tweaked something to, to see if this won't work. Sequentially, we've done it. And they deserve to, to lose the weight. One thing that is a, a big shock, I think, is that trauma stored in our tissues could be an emotional link to why this isn't happening. And I think this will be a big eye-opener. And, and you, if you're right now searching through your file back here to say, well, I don't think I have trauma, listen to it. Because I don't think any of us think we do. And that's why it's in there, deep, hidden. You have to actually go back through the file system. But that was one of the biggest eye-openers for me too. And I'm assuming your guest who spoke about trauma has some tips on how to process that trauma. Exactly. Yeah. And what what to look for, like how you might know that's it as opposed to gluten or, or dairy, you know, something more tangible, which we all would love, you know, cause we like that tangible, well, I can change that today going through the work, you know, of dealing with an emotional something, something that's a little harder. Yeah. That's what you're lifting, right? yeah. yeah. Share some details about this event because it is bringing together the best of the best experts and 39 experts is such a wealth of information. Can you share some information about this online event, the summit coming up? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So it's the what, the why, or the what, the when, and the why to exercise for women over 40. And it was key to me that we were talking about science-based fitness, that we were really bringing on somebody who could talk. So some of the people you'll hear from are behind the scenes. They don't typically talk. They're not the usual party goers, right? They're because they're in a lab. And so this was new to them to be on and interviewed and understand how this works. But I felt it was that important that they talk about it and why this is important, what they're doing next and how they're helping so that we all know to ask, you know, is this program based on research on me? Because so few of research science and studies are based on women, number one, but women in any menopause phase or hormone phase, it's minimal. It's it's tiny. So we have to be, be asking. So we're going to hear from them. I'm going to pop in every day with a short movement sequence, kind of going through like this is an example of good warm up, but as I'm doing that, I'm also talking what's coming today, who's talking today, why might you want to tune in? So it's a great little preview and I will get you moving and thinking about does this appear in your exercise program? Because it should. And you'll have a little tip there too. But um, you're going to get a ton of science. You get a little tour guide. So you know by topic, what do I want to listen to? By speaker, who's a favorite or who's somebody I've never heard I want to listen to? And have a little place to take notes as well. So lots of goodies associated. I love it. And, and you, and you, of course. And me, I'm in there. I can't wait to listen to the other speakers as well, because like you said, there are those people who are in labs. They're not on social media speaking to the general public. They're in the lab doing the work. And um, I can't wait to, I can't wait to learn from them as well. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to tease this one other thing. So yeah. we we went way over here with osteoporosis and yoga, you know, on the flip side, the other thing that is new and exciting is that if you have osteoporosis, you're, we're not going to treat you anymore. Like you're in a bubble that we're finding high intensity and high impact exercise 
very beneficial and almost zero injury rate. So um, that's exciting. We no longer have to just deal with, oh, I'm losing bone and I'm going to keep losing bone. We can change the mindset in here and we can, you know, really take a look at, we can not just stop the loss, but we can increase it. I love that because the common recommendation is medication and take it easy, Mm -hmm. almost giving this mentality of fragility. But, you know, I think as we age, we realize it's so much more important that, essence of being resilient and being able to do all the things we want to do that we kind of have to shift that mindset to the other way. Yeah. Amen. And it's like, Hey, you know, ladies, if you made it this far, I mean, turn around, look behind you at all the things you've done so far, you are not delicate. Are you kidding? Would we ask a man to do those things? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Especially childbearing. (laughs) (laughs) What are women missing? And it's not like there's a shortage of information, right? Because there's social media and there's the internet. Why aren't women gaining the lean muscle mass that they need and improving body composition and losing weight, right? Because obesity is on the rise, but it's not because there's not enough information out there. No, no. You know, number one, I mean, it's muscle. And then you have to be pointing at what points at muscle, protein, 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 protein. And I think there's still up there, this fear of animal protein, doesn't that, you know, lead to cancer. And I'm going to dispel that just in a real quick, I will give this food for thought. Most of the research or much of it that's been done about protein that's pointed to it causing disease is done based on a survey from people who are the subjects who need money. They're doing this for money. You know, their protein source may be bologna and hot dogs. We don't know. And it's probably not you if you're really ultra aware of organics and antibiotic free and hormone free, and you're getting that kind of food, you're you're not even comparable. So we've got to look at that. And we've got to look at, you know, what wastes muscle. Are you doing exercise that's wasting your muscle? If you're doing so much cardio, potentially it is. And adding the strength training. So it's we're missing the muscle and putting that number one. Yeah. Cause I think we've been focusing on the fat tissue for so long. We're like, lose yeah. the fat, lose yeah. the fat. Yeah. We have to be proactive. Even if we lose fat, even if we're successful, we have no control over when, you know, how much will it stay off? It's just a guessing game. Muscle is far more predictable. Yeah. I love that. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think one thing that women don't know, um, and we'll just wrap with this is that when you lose weight and I've watched my mother and I've watched my mother-in-law do this, they go into caloric deficit, they don't lift. And they're like, Oh my God, I lost 20 pounds. And you're like, yes, but like you lost muscle tissue that when you lose weight, you part of that weight loss. Yes. There's water weight, there's adipose tissue, but there's muscle loss. And we want to change our body composition, lose weight, you know, lose a fat, but not lose the muscle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I think, uh, even women who will rattle off, Hey, you know, I, I lost weight. I, or no, they thought they did. They will start with, I feel so much more energetic. I'm sleeping better. My clothes fit better. And I thought sure that the scale would change and it didn't. And so they've got this high, 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 and then they give all their power to the scale thinking that's, that's their grade. 
Like, you know, and it's just the scale may matter less unless you're actually looking at body composition. True. Yeah. yeah. Where can people find the summit? I'm going to drop a link in the show notes, but everyone should join. It is, yeah. it's not only like a hot topic, but I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. So what a great place to learn from the experts, really. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's going to talk about something, no tangents, you know, it all, I brought everybody back to, how's that relate to exercise? How's that relate to getting in the way of our exercise? How do we overcome this obstacle for your exercise? So we give you the keys. We talk about if you have obstacles here, you, here's how you overcome them. And it's, it's golden. And I know you, there will be simple, actionable steps in there Yeah, that women can take. Amazing. Deborah, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I always love chatting with you. You too. Thank you. This was so great.